The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Babakama has been generously sponsored in our Dafyumi program by our good friend and patron and charter member of our Dafyumi class, Siyahu Ashar HaKohen and his dear wife, Rina, that Dazat Hashem, they will have continued Hatzlacha, Harvacha, Bechol, Maaseh, Yedehem, Biriut, Health, Happiness, Prosperity, and much Nachat from their children. May they enjoy many years of Shalom, Bayit, uh, Tranquility, and Peace of Mind. Amen, Amen. Daf Lamed. Today's Daf is being studied in the Nishmat. Morzikini Yosef ben Sarah v'marazikinati Yafa b'tzara v'lo nishmat Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tenihem began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on daf Lamed Amud Bishon, starting from the new Mishnah. Hashofech ma'im b'shut Rabim. A person threw water in the public domain v'huzak b'hein aher, and somebody else slipped on the water and he got uh, he got damaged. Hayav ben Isko. So the one that spilled the water is obviously obligated to pay for the damages. Hamatsniya etakots. A person, let's say, hid a thorn, vetazichuchit, or a piece of glass. Vagoder et kidro bekutsim. Or a person, his whole fence that he fences his field is made up of thorns. Vegeder shenafal rishutarabim. Or a fence, for that matter, that fell into the rishutarabim. Vehusku bahem. And other people got damaged. So the person is obligated to compensate for the damages. Now the Gemara is going to explain the details of this Mishnah. Oh, now we want to discuss what damage took place. The guy fell on the water, but we're talking about the damage was to his clothes. Aval hu patur, but he himself, if he fell and hit the ground. So the guy's patur, karka olam because the land doesn't belong to him, the land is the public domains. And therefore we're talking about over here a type of situation where it's not a bor, because we know if you consider this a bor, bor does not pay for kelim. Bor is exempt on kelim. So we must be talking about a case over here uh, of a situation where he has his water, and the water is considered his mamon, and the guy tripped, dirtied his clothes. Okay, therefore he has to pay. Because he has to pay for the uh, damages that his money caused. So Ravuna says, wait, I don't know what you mean. Which means the guy, by spilling the water on the ground, he created like mud. He created like uh, uh, dirt with what mud, we'll call it, refish. And therefore, when the guy falls... He's falling on the refish now, on this mud. And that was created by the, by the guy that damaged. Therefore, he should pay. So the Gemara says, look at the top lashi. Lo ye ela kirifsho. Hamashlik zavlo b'rishut ha-rabim. If Kirk Masei throws his garbage in the rishut ha-rabim, milo mechayev, kilo hefkira. Let's say he didn't make it hefkir. If he didn't make it hefkir, so it's not considered a bore. It's considered his. And therefore, it's memon ha-mazik. Therefore, when the guy hits his head, he hits his head on the garbage. It's not the ground. He is out of the garbage. Over here too, it's the mud that caused the guy's damage. It became like uh, cement. Now, 
We know over here we must be talking about, again, I'm going to speak clearly that she says, from the fact that we're talking about the guy damaging his clothes, must be the case of somebody where he didn't make the board hefker. So therefore, the Gibraltar's question is, why are you telling me a case that you only hayav for kelim? The chaurai should be hayav also if the guy himself gets damaged. Why? Because the guy created this refish over here that's doing the damaging. It's not worse than the case of the zevet. Uh, Kabbalah says, Misa van de lo tamu maya. What do you think? We're talking about a case over here where there's unlimited amount of water that made this, uh, this mud? But tamu maya. Nah, it's not it was a limited amount of water. Therefore, it really didn't create mud. Therefore, if the guy hits his head, he's hitting the head on the ground. The ground doesn't belong to the mazik. Therefore, he's patur on the guy, but he's going to be hayab on the damages that he does to his clothes. Now the Gemara what do you really need two cases for? Which means, we learned above in yesterday's Mishnah, a guy had a kad. A guy had a, uh, a barrel, let's say, right? And he was in the shoot of the beam, and it fell. And what happened? The guy slipped on the water. And we learned earlier... That what, according to the way Rav understood that case, it's talking about where he didn't make it hefker, and therefore it's his money that was mazik, and therefore he pays. What's the difference between this case, where he poured his water in the Shut Rabim, or the case that we learned earlier where the water fell in the Shut Rabim? Either way, it's the case where his water did damaging. So Kibbara says, oh, One Mishnah is talking about where the damage was in the summer months, and one Mishnah was talking about where it was in the Winter months. What's the difference? The Tanya. We have a brighter. Anytime the Beit Din and the rabbis allowed a person to empty out his sewage into the public domain, and to empty out their places where they have all their refuse and garbage, they empty it out to the Shut Well, in the summer, they don't have permission because the streets are clean in the summer. We're not going to let a guy now start dirtying up to the Shut with all his. All the sewage. But in the winter, where the streets are already all messy, they have permission. Even though they have permission, if they damaged, they have to pay. So therefore, we have a chadush over here. The chadush is, of course, if a person, let's say, emptied out his barrel of water in the summer months, uh, that's pashut, he's hayav. Because the streets are clean over there, there's no, you don't have permission to put your water into the Shut Rabim. The second Mishnah is coming to teach me a bigger Hadush, that even if you did it in the winter, we really have permission to empty out your stuff into the public domain. Because the streets are all filthy anyway, the streets are all muddy anyway. You're right, you have permission. But if you're damaged, you're still going to have to pay. So there's two cases of water. Water in the summer, water in the winter. And the Hadush is really in the winter case, because I have permission to throw out my water. I can not only throw out my water, I can let out all my sewage and all my uh, refuse into the public domain. But still, the deen is that if it damaged, I would have to make a payment. Comes the Gemara and says, I'm not kutz. So what we learn in the Mishnah, a guy goes into his friend's wall, and he puts kutzim, he puts thorns in his friend's wall. So the Gemara said, uh, the following uh, dinim. Gemara is going to explain the dinim now. Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, Loshanu ela mafriyah. Good. Which means, when a person, let's say, puts thorns in his, let's say, a person in his own fence. Let's talk about that case first. When he put, 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 puts the uh, thorns in the fence, it's only going to be hayav if it's mafriyah, meaning it's protruding into the public domain. Uh, so it's a, it's a damage, damaging. Aval mitzamtzem, lo. 
But if it's flush, meaning it's in his own domain, again, the wall is on the border, but the thorns are inside, and let's say a guy now gets damaged, he's exempt. Why? Because it's not the way of normal people when they're walking in the street to lean against the walls. So where should you lean against the wall? You lean against the wall, and it's your, 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 your fault. Comes the and says, We have a brighter. Now we get to the case I just mentioned to you. This guy's a wise guy. He went and he took thorns or he took pieces of glass and he doesn't know where to put them. He wants to throw them away. So you know what? He hid them in his friend's wall, unbeknownst to the guy. Now what happened? An owner of the wall, he has no idea. He wants to knock down his wall. What happens? Besides the rocks falling into the shoot of beam, all out of this glass, and thorns also fell into the shoot of beam. The guy that put them there is going to be Hayav. We can understand that. Because you can't expect the owner to, 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 to anticipate there's going to be something in his wall. So therefore, the one that put it there is going to be Hayav. Ahmad of Yohanan, Gibran says, wait, there's some restrictions over here to this law. It's only talking about where it was a dilapidated wall. Well, what does that mean that she says? Dilapidated wall, the matzniya, the one that put it there, should have anticipated, hey, this guy's knocking down his wall. Therefore, you knew the wall was coming down, and you put your stuff, your dangerous stuff in that wall, you're guilty now, because you should have anticipated it coming down. Aval bekotel bari. But, however, if it was a strong wall, oh, patur, because the guy didn't anticipate the wall coming down. And the one that owns the wall, he has to pay. Why does the one that owns the wall have to pay? Because he has to check his wall. Meaning already he's knocking it down. And therefore, it was on his obligation, before you knock a, a healthy wall down that's sturdy, you got to check it to make sure, because maybe somebody stuck something in it. Therefore, if you didn't, you're going to be hayav. Good. So again, there's a difference between what type of wall it is. If the wall is apt to come down soon because it's a dilapidated wall, then the deen is the matzniya is hayav. However, if it's a wall that's sturdy, that the matzniya did not anticipate coming down, then the owner of the wall is obligated to pay for Damages. Amar Ravina. So Ravina comes along and says, Zotomeret. I could learn and deduce another halakha from what we just learned. What can I learn? A guy has a bor. A guy has a pit, whatever it may be. So he takes his bor and he takes somebody else's cover. Somebody else has a bor cover. Right, like a manhole cover. So he takes his friend's cover and he covers his board with it. <laughs> so the guy who owns the manhole cover, he says, hey, that's my uh, cover. So he comes along and takes it away. So it says, <laughs> the, the owner of the board is guilty. He is responsible. Which means, if let's say, let's give a normal case, generally speaking. If let's say you had a board that was covered properly, correct? And let's say somebody came along now and uh, revealed it, okay? So the guy that revealed it is Hayaf, because 
What are you doing? The, the board was covered, and you are the one that created the, uh, the damage over here. But this case over here, the guy that uncovers is not guilty. Because the guy that uncovers, he's just taking back his cover. It belonged to him. And the, oh, the guy that put it there should have anticipated that. Hey, you know it's not your cover. You know the owner's going to come back and take it. So therefore, in this case over here, he's going to be high. It is similar to what we just learned in the Braita. When a guy puts his stuff, puts his uh, thorns and his uh, glass in somebody else's uh, wall, and it's a kota ra'ua, you've got to anticipate that this wall's coming down, you're guilty. Similarly, you've got to anticipate that this guy's taking back his, uh, his cover, and therefore, you're going to be uh, guilty, which means, even though, so even though the bore, in this case over here, uh, or in the case of the of the of the of the kotel case, the kotel really the bore belongs to the owner of the wall, but since he did not uh, uh, anticipate that would be anything in the wall, the wall was coming down. So that the guy that puts his stuff in there, he's going to be high because you should have you should have anticipated it. Right? We put the matzliya, because you were poshaya by putting your things in a wall like that. Similarly, you. You came along, you covered your, 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 your board, very nice, with somebody else's item. you got to anticipate the guy's going to come back and take his item. Therefore, the one that owns the board is going to be hayaf. He can't come along and say, hey, what do you want from me? I covered it. What do you cover it? You covered it with somebody else's uh, cover. And he rightfully took it back. So the Gebra says, pishita, pashut. Uh, of course he's going to be hayaf the bala board. Now the Gebra says, no. Now the Tim, I could have thought like this. Hatam, maybe in the case over there, by the case of the wall, who, I would say that he's going to be Patur, the owner of the wall. Because he didn't know who put the thorns there. So then what do you want from the guy? He, he, he doesn't know who put his stuff there, so he can go find the guy out and have claims against him. Or tell him, take away your uh, thorns. That's why it's patur. But over here, in the case of the pit and the board, which means the owner of the cover, he knows who the owner of the board is. He should have told the guy before he's taking it. And therefore, I might think that the guy who takes the cover is hayav. You see, in the case of the, in the, case of the thorns, the thorn guy is hayav. Why? Because the owner of the world doesn't know who put the thorns there. So you can't obligate him. So if, he, so if he's going to tell somebody, I'm knocking down my wall. Who, who, who are you talking to? I don't even know who put the stuff in there. I don't even know any stuff in there at all. But shaking over here, the guy that covered the board, he knows who the owner of the board is. Hey, maybe I would say, before you go take your cover off, go to the guy and say, listen, fellow, I'm taking up to my uh, cover. The fact that he didn't do it, maybe he's hayav. That that's not the reason. That really, ultimately... The owner of the board is Hayab because the thorns are on the Matsniya and therefore similarly the one that uh, uh, uncovered the board, he was in the right. And the owner of the board should have anticipated the guy's going to take it back and therefore he has to pay. Good. Tarabanan. Well, tells us how careful the early Hasidim were in making sure that none of their glass or dangerous things would ever surface into the public domain. They would bury all their dangerous things like the thorns and the glass and things like that 
in their fields. And they would actually uh, dig them, bury them in the ground, three tefahim deep. Because some say they didn't want the plow blade to hit them, and some say they didn't want the plow blade to elevate them, because if it's within three tefahim, the plow is going to elevate them back to the surface again, and they're going to come and damage. Rav Shishat was so strict, he would burn them, he'd throw them into the fire, in the incinerator. Rav would throw these dangerous items into the, into the Tigris River. I mean, he got rid of them totally. Rav Shishat says a famous statement, If a person wants to truly become a Hasid, Hasid is obviously from the highest levels of piety. So the Gemara gives three different ways that a person could reach Hasidut. Number one, the Kayem Miledenizikin. He should be careful in the laws of monetary damaging, which means all things when it comes to his friend's money and damaging and being careful with other people's property. That's how a person becomes a Hasid, by being concerned about other people's property, which means Baba Kamab, Baba Mitzi'ah, Baba Batra, these three Masikhtot, uh, to fulfill them. Rava Amar Mili De Avot. Rava comes along and says he should fulfill what it's written in the Mishnayot and Pirke Avot, which really talk about the mitzvot that are Ben Adam Nachavero and the proper ways that a person is supposed to act. And the last thing, Va'amrida Mili De Berachot. And some say he should fulfill the Anyanim that are discussed in Masechet Berachot, whether it may be Kiriyat Shema or whether it be Tefillah or whether it be Berachot. So a person should be careful in these uh, three items of uh, his life. Some say that the three items that were mentioned over here are the three uh, uh, categories that a person is supposed to work on to become a chassid. Ben Adam le makom, ben Adam le chavero, and ben Adam le atzmo. Which is Rabbi Yudah saying, if a person wants to become a chassid, be careful on nizikim. And then what? That's meaning tov le beriot. He's good to his neighbor. Rav HaKar Vongan says, Masechet Avot. That's the mitaken, his own midot. And then the third sheet uh, says you should be careful that's ben adam lamakom. So it's covering the three items that a person should be uh, complete in in order to be a true chasid. And the next mishnah, hamotzi et tibno vekasho lirshut arabim lizbalim veuzad bahen acher hayav benizko. Again, a person is mutsi is teben. Mekashot, that's straw and hay. He brings it into the Rishut Rabim. Why? Because he wants it to get trampled on. Why does he want it to get trampled on? That's how they used to make fertilizer. They would take this straw and the hay, they put it in the public domain, the animals, the people step on it, then they take it back, and they use it for a fertilizer. But what happened in the interim? Mishnah says somebody got damaged by it. Oh, so the guy who put it in the Rishut Rabim is going to be Hayav. And then the Mishnah says an interesting halakha. Whoever takes it is okay. Which means it's free for all. You put your stuff there, you lose it. Somebody wants to take it, kol ha-kodem, zakha. Rabban Shem'om Gamliel Omer, Rabban Shem'om says, kol ha-mekalkelin, b'rshut ha-rabim ve'eziku, hayavim neshalem. That anybody that puts a takala, 
puts a stumbling block in the public domain, and it ultimately damages, and anybody that comes and takes it first, now we don't know exactly what the difference between Tanakh Kaman and the bunch of Gamaliel is. Basically, they said the same thing. The guy that puts the stumbling block in the public domain, he's guilty, therefore if he damages, pays, and anybody that takes it, he's in the right. What did Rabban Shalom Gamaliel add that we didn't know already? So let's read Rashi in the Mishnah. Rashi is going to tell us two answers how Rabban Shimon is saying something different than Tanakh Kamah. Which means he understood that Tanakh when it says anybody that wants to take it, Whoever takes the straw, whoever's kodem, zakha, he understood Tanakama, you're only allowed to take the value of the improvement. He puts straw, let's say. The straw was worth a dollar. Now that it becomes fertilizer, it's worth five dollars. So that which Tanakama held, you could take the straw, he meant the enhancement. And therefore you'd have to return to the owner the value of the straw itself. And to that, Rabban Shimon argues and says, no. You take the whole thing. You get the enhancement plus the actual straw itself. So that's a big machloket. The way you call the item itself is gufo, the item, and the enhancement is called shivaho. So the machloket Tanakama and Rajbag is, Tanakama says you only get the shivah. I mean, the guy that's zuche gets the shivah. And Abel Shimon Gamliel says, no, you can even take the guf. Abel gufa, look, and it's not a bright thing. What about the bunch of Gamliel? The memo, the guf, the meh. The second shot is, Tanakama was saying, anybody that puts their stuff under the shoot and a beam, guilty, because she didn't have permission. But if you had permission, according to Tanakama, you're in the right, you had permission. Rabban Shimon says, I don't care even if you had permission. Even if, let's say, it was that time of year where you're allowed to put your stuff out there, I don't care. Whoever... Uh, takes it first, it's theirs, and you're high on all damages. What's the case of a fiqh the galal? You have a guy that there was excrement of an animal, let's say, in the shoot of the beam, and he's a fiqh of the galal. He turned it over, so on and so forth. And as a result, somebody else got damaged. He's hayab to pay. We will go into the Gemara again, and it'll explain us this. Case comes the Gemara and says, Let us say that our Mishnah is not found the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Again, let's review what our Mishnah said. Guy puts his, his straw in the public domain. Why is he putting his straw in the public domain? He wants to become fertilizer. Uh, what happens? It uh, damages. Oh, damages? You got to pay for the damages. Oh, that Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yehuda. Why? At the time of year, where it's normal to fertilize the fields, a person is able to bring his refuse into the public domain, and he's allowed to keep it there for 30 days, so it'll be softened, by the feet of the men and the feet of the animals. When Yeshua Benun brought us into the land, he made certain takanot 
in order that the people should have fertilizer and it should be for the public welfare, one of the things he said is that at a certain time of year, you're allowed to put your stuff in the Shukta Rabim to get it trampled on in order to make it suitable for fertilizer. And that's who's saying, Sabi saying, it's that he has permission. It's if you have permission, you're okay. I don't have to pay for damages in that case. And it sounds like that uh, nobody could take it. It's that what? That our Mishnah is not going to be Yudah. says, no. Afilu temar Listen, Rabbi Yudah says, granted, Yeshua gave them permission certain times you had to put the stuff out. But still what? You're on the hook. If you damage, you damage. You're taking a risk. Yeah, we can give you permission to put your stuff out in the truth. Because we know you need fertilizer. But listen, if it's going to cause a damage to somebody, you're going to have to pay. Which is, you could say both things. You could say you had permission, but you're taking a risk. And if it damages, you can have to pay. That's what the Mishnah is saying. The Mishnah is talking about a case where, let's say, you had permission to put it out. But still, nonetheless, you have to assume the responsibility of your items that are in the Beam comes again and says, what do you mean? You're going to tell me if I have permission, I'm on the hook? That makes sense. We learned differently. The guy lit his menorah in the public domain, where he's allowed to, where Betin gives him permission. And we said, if that fire caused the damage... The one that lit the minerals patur. Why? Because he was allowed. So we see a rule over here that the view that's teaching. Once Betin gives you the green light, you're patur. Why is Ner Hanukkah different than the case of the guy putting his straw and the uh, hay in the public domain? Once you have permission for Betin, you should be uh, off the hook by paying any damages. Kabbalah okay, says, no, Mishum Reshut Mitzvah. There's a difference. One is Rishut Betin, one is Rishut Mitzvah. I can make a difference. If a guy has permission from a Betin, you could put it there, but you're at your own risk. But if it's a Mitzvah, like Ner Hanukkah, finish, I'm doing a Mitzvah. Therefore, if my Ner damages, I don't have to be concerned. It's not Rishut from a Betin. The Rishut is from a Mitzvah. Therefore, it's permissible. Tashema. כל אלו שאמרו מותרים לקלקל ברשות הרבים which means we learned in the Brayta all these cases that Achamim said that it's mutar לקלקל ברשות הרבים that it's permissible to put your stuff in the Rishut Rabbim for example your sewage and all that other refuse that we're allowed to put it there im eziku chayavim l'shalem Tanakama says you got a paper Rabbi Yehuda Poter here we have a clear Brayta that says you had permission, and the Bible is clearly saying you are indeed patur. So must mean that our Mishnah is not the Bible, because our Mishnah is saying what is chayav. Amar Rav Nachman matnitin shelo b'shato tzad zevalim v'rabiyudahi. I can say simple. Our Mishnah is talking. We put it there. We didn't have permission. It wasn't during the season where you normally do it. Oh, even the Bible will agree. If you're not putting it during the season, then you chayav. I but in the Mishnah you said patur. Yeah, that other Mishnah was talking. We had we had permission. Now, Vashem gives a different answer. Tibno vekasho tenan. Oh, there's a difference what he's putting out there. Our Mishnah is talking about where he puts straw and hay. That's why he's going to be alive. I don't care when he puts it out, even if he puts it out with permission. You know why? Mishum de mashreke. Because they are, uh, they are slick. They are, uh, they're slippery. Which means, in that case, it depends what you're putting out. 
If you're going to put out regular refuse, that's hard. Oh, we're not worried about people slipping. But the Buddha will say, you got permission, you're okay. Mashiachin and Amishnah. I don't care if you got permission. You're putting out slippery stuff. Then even a Buddha is going to say, you're going to be Hayav. Now we continue with the Gemara. So what do we say in the Mishnah? Guy put his stuff out. Right? He put his stuff out into the public domain. We can even say he had permission. Doesn't matter. He still have to pay for the damages. Good. Now we get to the next part of the Mishnah. Somebody's walking in the street. He sees this beautiful fertilizer. It's phenomenal. The Mishnah's deen is First come, first serve. Guy takes it. It's his. So Gemara says, what can he take? And this goes back to the subject that we started to discuss in the Mishnah. Can he take everything, meaning the principle plus the enhancement? Or maybe, listen, what am I punishing the guy? I'm punishing the guy, you enhanced your stuff in the Rishut Rabim, so maybe the punishment is, let the guy take the value of the enhancement. But maybe he has to give back the principle. How far did the rabbis go when they said that the guy that's picking up this item could keep it? What exactly can he keep? Amarav. Rav says, Ben Bigufan, Ben Bishbahan. Rav says, Take everything. Take the goof and take the Sheva. No, relax. You can only take the enhancement, but he's got to pay him for the principle. What's the Mahlokan? Rav says, Once we made a Gezerah on the enhancement, the rabbis expanded their Gezerah to punish the guy that you're even going to lose your principle. He says, No. We canast what we canast. We made the canast on the enhancement, but he has to give back the principle. So the question over the Mahlogan is the extent of how much the Achamim expanded there. Mahlogan. Tenan. We learned in a Mishnah. Haofech et agalal b'rishut arabim. Oh. Yeah, how Mishnah? Haofech et agalal b'rishut arabim. What is he doing? There's excrement in the shoot arabim. He took a shovel and he was uh, turning it over. There was that man, and somebody else got damaged as a result. If they put it down, Hayab bin Isko. The Idu Kodem Zaka. Loketani. Oh, the Mishnah doesn't say over there that the guy that comes and takes it is okay. Which means over there it doesn't say Kodem Zaka. That the first guy that takes it. Now, we're talking about over the excrement of an animal. The excrement of an animal does not get better. There is no enhancement in this case over here. And therefore, uh, there's nothing to, to take. Which is, I understand, according to the opinion that says, that what? The whole kanas was on enhancement. So therefore, when I put straw in the public domain, it gets enhanced into fertilizer, and the kanas is what? Take the enhancement. Good. Now I understand why when it came to the galal case, the excrement to the animal that you put in the public domain, where the dean is, you can't take it. We don't say because there's no enhancement. But according to the opinion that said, that no, you get to take the actual principle. Ah, so you should be able to take the principle. Take the galalim as well. I understand if you're only punishing the guy on, on sheva, there's no sheva over here by galal. Good. So therefore, leave it there. But the opinion that said, no, you not only take sheva, you take actual goof, let the guy who sees the galal under the shtrim, let him take it. So Gebra says, Tana When the Mishnah said, Kola Kodem Zacha, it wasn't only going on the case of the straw, it was going on the case of the Galal also. Mishnah doesn't have to repeat itself every single case. When it says, Kola Kodem Zacha, it's going on all the cases of the Mishnah. And therefore you're right. According to that opinion, you'd be able to actually take the goof of the Galalim. Gebra says, But what do you mean? 
We have another bright that says, Asurim Mishum Gezel, which means what? That the Ofeket Galal, right? It's for a guy to take it, it's Gezel. So you see what? You're not allowed to take even the principle. So therefore, we're back to the question. When it came to Tevin and Kash, you told me you could take the principle. So why when it came to the Galal, you tell me it's Gezel? Can't even take anything, it's, it's, it's stealing. No, you misunderstood what that Gezel means. It's going back on the whole Mishnah, that line. Yeah, which means, first of all, in both cases, whether it's the case of the straw, or whether it's the case of the Giralim, according to the opinion that says you can take the principle, you can take the principle in both cases. Oh, but what does it mean it's Gezel? If you're going to take, if somebody's going to take from that guy, it's Gezel. So you have three guys in the story here. The guy that put it there, then you have the guy that was Kodem Bezacha. Now once he's Kodem Bezacha, anybody that takes from him, it's Gezel. But really, you can take, whether in the Gelan case, or whether in the case of the straw, you can take the actual principle itself. That's what the Gemara is saying according to that opinion. So what do you mean? But we have another blight that doesn't sound like that. Why did Tanya Mutsi puts a straw outside in the public domain to become fertilizer? And somebody else got damaged, and it's permissible, which means it sounds like over here that what? Kola Kodem Zakha, the guy that took it, he owns it, and it's mutar mishum gizmi, it's not considered stealing. But if he put his galal, he turned it over in the public domain. Hayav. So if somebody got damaged, it would be That clearly sounds like the guy cannot take it. Which means, so we're back to the question again. It sounds like there's a difference between galal and kash. Kash, you told me you could take the whole thing. Because we punish him. No, it's gizel. Come on, what was the question from the onset? There's no comparison. Very simple. Hey, look, which the Gemara didn't say in the beginning, but the Gemara is saying, when do we make a kanas? When something gets enhanced, then we make a we make a kanas. The guy can keep the whole thing at to the sheva, which means, in the case of the straw, what am I really concerned about? The guy put a straw in the public domain, it got better. So you know what the rabbis came along and said? You enhanced, we're going to punish you now, somebody could take that enhancement. And you know what? Once we're letting him take the enhancement, let him take the whole thing. Mashiach and Glal doesn't have a Sheva. So when there's no Sheva, we're not going to make a Gizra even on the goof itself. So don't ask me a question from Gilalim. I'll tell you that really by Gilalim, you can't, you put in the Shutra beam, at your own risk. Meaning if you damage, if it damages somebody, you're going to have to pay. But what? We don't let somebody else take it. Why not? Because the only time we let somebody else take it, where you benefited. You were trying to get an enhancement out of your straw, now let the guy take the whole thing. But in the case of Gilead, where there's no enhancement, Bechlal, we're not going to make a gizera on the uh, goof itself. Oh, now we ask another question. According to the opinion that says, Rav, that said what? That we punish the guy, the goof, and the sheba, right? Which means the, the second guy can take everything. The altar can sinan, or lechim maitish shivhan kaitsinan. When do we allow him to take the whole thing? Does he have to wait until it started to get better and turn into fertilizer? Or do we allow him to take it even when it's still straw? Which means now you're letting the guy take it. 
Does he have to wait? Or do you say, no, listen, the guy put it there, take the whole thing even before it started to get enhanced. From the fact that the Gemara entertained a question from Galal that has no enhancement, and the Gemara was questioning from it, must be installed even before the enhancement took place. So Gemara says, That makes sense. Yeah, which means, once Rav Nachman, we only asked a question from Galal before we knew the answer of Rav Nachman, that Galal is not even part of the story. Galal is a different story because it never gets enhanced at all. However, the Batan, the Shani Rav Nachman, Mikal the Melmak Galal Kelal, after Rav Nachman told us that Galal is different, you can't even compare Galal to Tevin and Kash. That's why our question is back. When it came to Tevin and Kash, and you told me I could take the whole thing. One, does he have to wait till it gets enhanced? Or can he even take it immediately? So the says, oh, I'll bring you proof. You can take it immediately. Then the Gemara asked a question from Galal. If the fact that he was asking a question from Galal must be was talking about even before it got enhanced. Gemara says, yeah, I'm talking about after we answered the question. Once we answered the question, we said there's no comparison. Galal is out of the story. Galal never gets enhanced. Therefore, you cannot take it at all. We're asking a case where it's going to become enhanced, like Tevin Kash. When do you take it? Can you take it immediately or do you have to wait? Galal is no proof. Galal never gets enhanced either. There's no kiras on that at all. The question is the Gabeh, Tevin and Kash. So Tarat the Gemara leaves it in a question. The Gemara does not answer it. Good. Comes the Gemara and says, Oh, let us say that this Mahloket that we're learning over here between Rab and Zaidi, do you make a punishment on the Goof and on the Sheva, let us say it's a machloket tanaim. What's the case? Sheta. Shekatuv bo rubit. Okay, got a star. What does it say in the star? A document. So and so borrowed money from so and so with rubit. Okay, with interest. Okay, until this time. It's no good. Konsin oto. So we punish the lender. You lent money with the beat? The eno gove lo et a keren velo et a beat. The vreda bimeir. You're stuck now. This document, not only are you not going to be allowed to collect the beat, that's for sure. We're not going to even let you collect the principal with this document now. So we make a knas, it sounds like, the sheva, and then we're making a gezerah on the goof itself. That sounds like the opinion that said, what? Love! That you make a gezerah on the goof and on the sheva. No, Hakamim say, no, we'll let you use this. The document doesn't become pasul. Of course, we're not going to let you collect interest with it, but we'll let you collect at least the principal. So the Gemara says, Let us say, Rav, that's by the straw case that you go there, goof and sheva, that's like the star case. The star case had validity for goof, for, for the loan itself. And for the interest. And then you said, what? Oh, you made a star with interest? Now you can't use the star for anything. So I'm making a gizra on the goof and on the sheba. And the Zaid that said, no, you only make a gizra on the sheba, is going like the rabbi that says, what? That the star is good, that you can collect principle, but you just won't be able to collect the uh, repeat. Oh, so we have a machlok, a tenaim that are similar. The one that says, no, not so fast. Amalecha rav, ana de amre afilu rabbanan. Rav says, I can agree to the rabbi's case in the interest. In the case of the interest over there, the reason why they let him 
collect kid and principal with the start, the behetera. Because, listen, there's no isur in lending principal. The isur in the start was what? The debit. Okay, so I'm going to say, the start will not be valid the gabed the debit. But the gabed the kidin, he didn't make any isur the gabed the kidin. However, in the case over here, where a guy put his stuff into the shoot of the beam, his straw, and a guy fell on it, Kerin Gufaka Mazik, which means the actual principal itself is doing the damaging. Here is worse. The case of the straw, the principal is the damager. In the case of the Rebit, the principal is not the damager, the principal is there. Zaidi says, I can be following even the Bimir. I can be strict in the case of the Rebit. Why? Suma, which means, I can tell you in this case over here, when the guy writes the shtar, already he made an isur that you wrote a loan with interest. So I could say in that case over here, it's already you put interest on a loan, even though you didn't collect it yet. But already the Torah says, Lo tasim alav Lo tasim. You, you play, you're guilty, right? the whole thing's guilty. That's why I say, you know what? You can't collect not the principal with this and not the debit. However, here, but here, when I put myself in the Rishut Rabim, they destroy, and so, who says somebody's going to get damaged? It's unknown. It's not unknown in the Rabit case. In the Rabit case, it's already fixed. Therefore, it's Isur. So, Zahidi says, I could be strict by the Rabit case, because already there was Isur done from the beginning. in the case of the, of the straw, who says somebody's going to get damaged? So, therefore, really, you cannot say that the Mahloket by the beat is similar to the Mahloket by the straw. Now he's finding another machloket. Lema kahari tanae. Hamotzi tibno vekashod rishut rabim zbarim. What did the guy do? He took a straw out and his hay into the public domain to make fertilizer. He was like, man, achayel chayav, there's got somebody that's got damage, so you have to pay. Vechol akodem baem zacha. And whoever is kodem, whoever took them first is zoche, veasurim mishum gezel. And what does asurim mishum gezel mean? Meaning, the guy that's Zohar, you cannot take it from him. It says, Same thing here, Banshim Gabriel says, Whoever's going to take it, um, anybody that puts their stuff in the Shudrabim and the damages, So now the Gabriel is going to explain. You just quoted me the Mishnah. This is actually our Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to analyze the Mishnah the following way. Actually, this is a, uh, I said it's a Mishnah, it's actually a Braita. Hagufakasha. Amart, kola kodim bahim zakha. You just told me what? Whoever takes the straw first, it's his. Vadarka amar asurim mishum gezel. Oh, yeah. Then you say, it's asurim mishum gezel. You just told me you could take it. If I could take it, it's not gezel. Yeah, you know what the first opinion meant? Whoever zoche is zoche in the enhancement. And the gezel is on the principle. Oh, so now we found an opinion like Za'idi. That says what? Again, let's get beautiful brighter. You put your stuff in the Shutra Rabbim. Beautiful. So it says, whoever takes it, he can take it. But it's a sumishum gezer. What do you mean? You just told me I could take it. Are you telling me it's gezer? Ah, I'll tell you what I meant. I could take the shiva. But, if I, but on the goof, 
It's Gezer. Oh, and then a bunch comes along and says, and that's what a bunch comes along and says, means even on the goof. Oh, so we've successfully proven that the machloket between Rav and Zeidi, the Gabe, Guf and Sheva, is actually the machloket between Rabbi Meir, Tarakama, and the bunch of Omegamil. Whereas Tarakama is going to say, what? Yeah, I'll let you take the enhancement, but you got to give back the principal. And the bunch of says, no, you can take the whole package. So we've successfully proven that. The Gabbara says, well, let's analyze. Give what else says. Lizidi vaday tanai, which means according to Zaidi, for sure we could say it's a machloket tanaim. Zaidi is the one that says you only take sheva. Uh, He'll go like hachamim. That what the gezel is on the goof, and the bunchu will say you could even take the goof. Good. So Zaidi is for sure learning that's machloket tanaim. However, lerav mi lema tanai. But according to Rav, that says what? He holds Guf and Sheva. Are you forced to say that those rabbis are indeed arguing? Why? They're both rabbis old. You take the Guf and the Sheva. This Mahloka that you saw in the Braita, the Tanaim, everybody holds really from the law. The law is the guy who can take it, he can take everything. He can take the goof, he can take the shiva. So then what's the argument over here? The argument of, when it says Asurim Mishum Gezel means like this. Whenever the rabbi said Kula Kodem Zachar, they meant really he could take the whole package. Right? Bim Bigufan Bimishvachan. However, that's only Bidi Avat. Which means if somebody, let's say, took it already, uh, we're not going to be can't take it out of his hand. You took it, you own everything. However, it's Asur Mishum Geza, meaning if he comes to ask us a question, we're going to tell him, don't take the principle. Which means there's a certain concept called Halakha, Sa'alakha, but we don't publicize it. In Murim Ken. So really, Rabbi will say, both of these rabbis hold, Minadin, Kolakodem Zakat, take the whole thing. Take the Sheva, take the Guf, take the whole package. But what? The Tanakhama says, yeah, it's Hanakha. If the guy took it, and then he comes to us, you took it already? Keep the whole thing. But if he comes to ask, Asurim Mishum Gezer, we're going to tell the guy, you know what? Don't take the principle. Oh, we're going to be we're going to be strict on him in that case over there. And the bunch of Omegamliya is going to come along and say, no, it's Halakha Umurimkin. It's not only the Halakha, but Mutar. Somebody comes and asks the rabbi a question, Tom, go take the whole thing. So Rav can learn that both the rabbis are agreeing with him. The argument over here is the extent of how far do you go? Could you even say there's a halakha? Or do you keep it under your hat? If they do it, they do it, but you don't really publicize it. That's going to be the mouth. Look at Rashi. It's the Rashi towards the end of the Amud. Right? But you don't publicize it. If he comes to us initially, we tell him, please, don't take it. Comes the Gemara and says, I'll bring you a statement. Oh, so we see, actually, it's a machloket amongst the Amoraim. One rabbi says halakha, and you can even say it. And some say, no, 
Hini, we have a question. Ve'aravuna afkar afkar chushle. What's chushle? Chushle is these uh, uh, barley that is peeled, peeled barley that they put in the public domain in order to dry. So what did he do, the rabbi? He made an announcement. Sefkir. Anybody wants to take it, you can take it. Ve'rav adabarava afkar salikusta. Salikusta is like the refuse of the uh, dates that they would also put in the Rishut Rabin. Now, I have no problem with Rav was the rabbi that put this uh, date stuff in the Rishut Rabin. He's the one that said, Halacha So therefore, I have no problem with him making an announcement saying, Rabotai, that stuff is ifkir, go take it. Take the whole thing, because he's consistent with his Halacha. However, but Ravuna, you're the rabbi that said halacha ve'en morimkin, and now you're telling me when the guy put his stuff in the reshut rabim, you made an announcement. I thought you just told me you don't announce it. What you retracted? Are we going to say Ravuna retracted? Kevara says no. Kevara answers mutrin havu, which means already we warned those guys already. Ravuna holds right. Guy puts the stuff in the shulter beam. You don't. A guy comes and asks me, Rabbi, uh, can I take these items? Yeah, you can take them, but you know, uh, only take the uh, go- only take the enhancement of it. But please give back the uh, goof. Do not take the goof. Asrim mishum gezer. Oh, if the guy took it already, he took it already. Uh, keep everything. Oh, but initially, if a guy uh, comes to ask, you tell him no. So then, how come in this case over here, the rabbi announced? Whoever wants to go take the items, go take it. So they give us the mutrina. These guys were warned already. She said, Ravuna went to the guy that put his dates over there in the public domain and warned him. Hey, listen, fella, take your stuff out. And listen, take it out. And, oh, now you're playing games? Now I'm going to announce it. Which means, if the guy was warned already, then already it's, it's, it's fair game. Look at that. She's not too many that she's on this Amud. You can read them. Salikusta psolit temarim. That's the uh, the the remnants of the of the dates. Shasubem shechad. They make uh, they make beer with it. So I guess they, the, the the remnants they put in the reshut rabim. Some say it's the sediments of uh, beer uh, that's made from dates. Uh, they use it for fodder, and the end they use it for food. So they, they dry it up in the public domain, and it becomes food. Kishmate. Oh, it sounds like Ravuna retracted from his statement. Right? Because he said above, uh, Ravuna was the one that said above, and here, it sounds like he's saying, because he made it afkir. Already they were warned a few times. Oh, you warned a few times? Sorry, there's nothing we could do. Amen, amen.